0: This week, the heir to the British throne, His Royal Highness Prince Charles, has been making a four-day tour to the Gulf to visit Saudi Arabia and Qatar, exposing the deepening ties between Great Britain and the Gulf states, as we would expect from Bible prophecy. With Europe in an economic mess, in recent times, Britain has been looking back to more traditional areas of the world to boost its trade and relationships. One of the targets for drumming up new trade has undoubtedly been the nations of the Gulf. It has been very noticeable over the past few years that there has been a specific strategy of the British government to make a special effort in order to seek to increase its trade and improve its relationships with the Gulf region. One of British Prime Minister David Cameron's first overseas visits when he came to power was to saudi arabia britain's leading arms export market where it was thought he was attempting to entice saudi officials into purchasing british typhoon jets the negotiations on this deal have continued ever since and this week on wednesday the 19th of february the british guardian announced that finally a deal had been reached between the british defence firm bae systems and Saudi Arabia military. Although no price has been officially announced, back in 2007 the Saudi Arabia military had made a preliminary commitment to paying £4.4 billion for 72 of these jets and since then they have requested additional technologies to be built into the aircraft and so the price is probably quite higher now, probably around the £6 billion mark. Officially, The visit of Prince Charles to the region has not had anything to do with the deal. His personal interest in the region, though, must have influenced the announcement being made during his visit to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. This is just the latest sign of the huge trade push for Britain in the Gulf. Consider these headlines from the press, all taken from the last four years. In November 2012, David Cameron arrives in the Gulf on arms trade trip. In December 2012, David Cameron welcomes fighter jet deal with Oman as boost for UK jobs. February 2013, UK Royals set to boost ties with Qatar and Oman. May 2013, UK push pushes for Kuwait trade and investment ties. December 2013. The UK looks to boost security ties and contracts in the Gulf. January the 9th, 2014. Britain keen to deepen defence ties with Qatar. January the 15th, 2014. Bahrain-UK trade ties set to grow. And this month, February the 19th, 2014, UK and UAE, United Arab Emirates, ties on the cusp of something bigger. So this week's visit to the Gulf by Prince Charles then is the latest of the signs that Britain is very much getting in with its Gulf allies. The British media were also in on the act, showing the prince looking rather awkward as he took part in a traditional Saudi sword dance dressed in full Arab garb. Ambassador to Saudi Arabia John Jenkins said, quote, "Our two kingdoms share a long friendship going back to the foundation of the modern Saudi state. Continuity of personal relationships, essential if we are to understand each other better, have been central to this." End quote. From Saudi Arabia, the prince went on to visit Qatar. Prior to this visit, the British ambassador to Qatar, Nick Hopton, said. Quote, I am delighted that his Royal Highness, the Prince of Wales, is to visit Qatar again. This is an opportunity to showcase the strong ties between the UK and Qatar, which we value greatly. The personal relationship between His Royal Highness and His Highness the Emir is both a symbol of his, this friendship between nations and important to the work we do together as the British and Qatari peoples to tackle the challenges facing us in the region and globally. End quote. One report stated That Prince Charles will return to the region only a year after his recent visit, which demonstrates the importance the British government places on its association with key partners in the area. He has previously made four official visits to Qatar in 1986, 1997, 2007 and 2013. These connections are underpinned by the long standing and respectful relationships which exist between Prince Charles and the royal families in each country. The Prince of Wales has previously made nine official visits to Saudi Arabia in 1986, 1990, 1993, 1997, 1999, 2001, 2004, 2006, and 2013. End quote. However, the Prince is not the only important UK official in the region of the Gulf this week. The Lord Mayor of the City of London, Fiona Wolf, was in the United Arab Emirates to seek financial investment for London-based infrastructure projects. She was reported to have said, quote, "...we have an enormous need for investment in infrastructure and a very big national infrastructure plan." So there's a lot of talk about using Islamic financing for that infrastructure, end quote. The Lord Mayor visited Bahrain on February the 18th. She tweeted, pleased to meet with the Crown Prince of Bahrain to discuss close ties between our countries, end quote. She then moved on to visit Dubai and Abu Dubai. Now, these close ties are exactly what Bible students will expect to be developing in the time period of the latter days. For when we turn to the prophecies which speak about this time period in our Bibles, we find some very interesting details about the region of the Gulf. In Ezekiel 38, the trading powers of Britain are said to be allied with tr- and trading with the Gulf states. They're mentioned in verse 13 by their ancient names of Tarshish for Britain and Sheba and Dedan for the area of the Gulf states. And we can see that these were indeed their ancient names by making a careful biblical study of the names and by piecing the clues of their identity together. With Sheba and Dedan, this is not too difficult to do. For example, we find Dedan clearly linked with the area of Arabia in Isaiah 21 verse 13, and in Jeremiah 25, verse 23 to 24. Many archaeological finds point to a city called Al-Ula in Saudi Arabia as being an actual city known in ancient times as the city of Dedan, where these people eventually settled down. The nation of Sheba has long been identified with the ancient kingdom of the Sabaeans, in an inscription in Turkey, we find evidence of where this kingdom was located. The following was written to commemorate the victories of Augustus around AD 14. Quote, in Arabia, the army penetrated as far as the territory of the Sabaeans, the Sabaeans, and the town of Marib, quote. The town of Marib is in modern Yemen. Showing us the territory of these peoples is indeed in the Gulf of area. It is slightly harder to piece the clues together for Tarshish though and we do not have space unfortunately to give a full study of this topic here. However it does become clear when all the scriptural Tarshish clues are placed together that this power is undoubtedly Britain and for those hoping to visit or to watch online the Rugby Prophecy Day on Saturday February 22nd in the second session God willing, compelling evidence for this conclusion will be being presented. And if you're interested in attending or watching that prophecy day, Google rugby prophecy day for more information. We will mention, however, one piece of evidence. Consider this inscription by a Syrian king, Esarhaddon, written around the time of Ezekiel. Quote, all the kings from the lands surrounded by sea from the country La Danana, which is thought to be Cyprus, and Laman, which is thought to be the Ionian islands, as far as Tarshish bowed to my feet, end quote. Now this quote clearly shows us that Tarshish was an island, a land surrounded by sea, as Esar Haddon has told us. But not only this, it shows that Tarshish was an island to the far west, because he's clearly beginning his comments with Cyprus and moving westward in his description of the islands that bowed to his feet. And so when we add this to other biblical clues, such as the metals which came from Tarshish of tin, lead, iron and silver mentioned in Ezekiel 27, the only place which reasonably fits is the island of Great Britain whose merchants are indeed hard at work in the territory of Sheba and Dedan, as we know. Therefore, in these latter days, we should expect to see these things happening around us. We should expect to see the merchants of Britain linking up with the Gulf states. The visit of Prince Charles to Saudi Arabia and Qatar and the deepening ties between Britain and the Gulf is therefore another example of how God's plan is being executed to bring about the situation He has decreed the world to be in before Jesus Christ returns to the earth to establish His kingdom. Unknown to the nation of Britain, who believe they are acting by their own intuitions, they are being compelled to take up a position in the Gulf, which will see them in opposition to an invasion of a confederacy of nations mentioned in verses 1 through to 7 of Ezekiel 38. This invading group of nations is headed up by one called Gog, mentioned in verse 2. When this invasion takes place, we read of the reaction of Sheba and Dedan, the Gulf states, and the merchants of Tarshish, the traders of Britain, in verse 13. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish, with all the young lions thereof, shall say unto thee, Gog, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? It is extremely significant then, that British ties are being strengthened in the region of the Gulf. So as we see these sure signs of the times coming to fruition around us, let us consider our ways before the God of Israel. Soon God will visibly intervene in the state of the world through his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will return to restore the kingdom again to Israel. Therefore let us pray to God, In all sincerity, as Christ taught his followers to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 6, verse 10. This has been Matt Davies joining you. Keep watching as the time of Christ's return is near. However, if his return is delayed another week, please join us then for another Bible in the News, God willing.